Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Ketch. And EWTN Radio proudly presents our program, Mother Angelica Answering the Call, a program featuring Mother Angelica's inspired responses over the years to your great insightful questions that were phoned in on the live show in the 1980s and the 1990s. Many of those shows still available, not only on demand, but on EWTN airing on a regular basis. Also, you can see my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as well. He's on the network all the time. Great to see you. Good to be with you. And, you know, one of the topics that I think we're all interested in is how do we suffer better, understand the suffering in our life. And a number of the topics today address that issue. Right. And I'm Doug Keck, and let's go over the uh, topics for today. First up is why is there suffering? This could be an ongoing series. Next up, Pray for the lowest place in heaven. That's an interesting one. Mother mm-hmm. has some things to say. Is God punishing me? Another question. And have faith and trust, as Mother puts forward, how important that is. But let's talk first about why is there suffering? Mm-hmm. That's the eternal question, isn't it? It is, and it's hard to see your loved one suffering. And so that's what this caller had dealt with. And it's something that you just want to alleviate in some way, and you're looking for answers, and sometimes there are no answers. And so as I was saying, I was talking with a man re- recently on the telephone, and uh, he's gradually losing his ability to use his hands and his feet and, and all of that. And he's wondering, well, we've been praying and nothing is changing. And so I was talking to him about the reality that you're with Christ on the cross, and when did Jesus accomplish his greatest work when he couldn't move his hands and his feet on the cross. And just think of yourself on the other side with Jesus. And that suffering has this value. Right. And I think it's very difficult for all of us because, you know, to some degree, it's easier for us to offer that advice to the person who's going through that Mm -hmm. when they're going through something that we're not. But I think if we keep the eternal perspective together, which is and keep in mind that obviously this is such a short existence mm-hmm. and that there is this eternity and this heaven. So we have to think in terms, not that we want people to suffer or die, right. but the fact that that's not the bitter end. <laughs> it may be bit, bitter end for us who are still here mm-hmm. and see that people those people suffering on, on their final days. But there is something greater we have to keep in mind, right? Yeah, and that the cross is made of wood. So it's temporal, it lasts for a time. The crown is made of glory, it lasts forever. And St. Paul reminds us, the sufferings that we're going through, we're going to say, this was nothing compared with the glory that he's prepared for us. Amen. And of course, Mother also indicates that sin and smelling and cats are all (laughs) intertwined together. But you have to listen to find out what she has to say. Why is there suffering? We have a call. Hello? Hi. Hi. My name is Cindy Martinez. And I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, good. Now, what is your question? Right now, my grandpa's really sick. Mm -hmm. And uh, my grandma just died about six months ago from cancer. And I just feel so bad because he's suffering so much. And I saw my grandma suffer, too. And why do we have to suffer so much? 
That's a question that people have asked since Adam and Eve. Why? Well, it's very simple. <sighs> Let's see if I can think of something. If I put some acids on this hand, uh, it may not even hurt in the beginning. But if every day I put a couple drops in the same spot, it's going to get red. And then I put every day, maybe two or three times a day, I put it, and all of a sudden it begins to get open and fester and miserable looking. And it hurts a lot. And if I keep doing that, it will eat through my hand. It will. And the pain will be unbearable. Well, that acid that I'm talking about is sin. And we say, well, my grandmother, my mother, my father were good people. We never deny that. But because we cannot fathom what it means to see God face to face and to be able to live as God lives, to have that total holiness in order to live with him forever, I got to be totally, absolutely holy. I have to think as he thinks and do as he does. I have to be everything that he is in a finite way. I cannot do that. I have all of these weaknesses. We used to call them concupiscence of original sin that remnant of imperfection, anger, jealousy, lust, all these sins stick to us like glue. You know, every time I go home Wednesday night or Thursday morning, my habit smells like tobacco. And if my sisters didn't know better, they would think I was outspoken. I never smoked in my life. Not only does the smell of tobacco stink, but your clothes stink. But I don't smoke. But when I go home, they look at me and say, that's the world. That is the world. You can't go down the road and not see a pornographic billboard. Billboard on a nice farm. Beautiful grass, nice plants coming out. It's such a contrast. You can't open up a magazine without something lustful or just plain rotten. And we're so used to it, we don't smell it anymore. We don't smell it anywhere. You know, we have some cat lovers in our house, also dog lovers. I'm not against dog or cat lovers. I was the only one, though, that smelled the cat. All the cat lovers never smelled the thing. I was amazed. They had to keep them for about a week. And it was, to me, it was terrible. 
And I walked in one room and I said, how are you standing in here? She said, what's wrong? I said, did you lose your sense of smell? What's wrong? I said, these cats stink. I don't smell anything. Okay. I closed my door. I don't want to smell it. That's the way sin is. That's the way habitual sin is and serious sin. We cannot get in the presence of God forever smelling like that, looking like that, feeling like that, and being like that. And that's the purpose of suffering. If we could understand God for just a minute, if we could see his immensity and his holiness, if we could fathom what it means to look at God face to face, we would never, never, well, we would understand, put it that way. We would understand why it's absolutely necessary to suffer. And now, moving on to our next call, we have a person talking about whether or not they should be praying for the lowest place in heaven. Mm -hmm. Seemed like a humble request, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mothers say, no, not really, because you want to give God honor and glory, not yourself. You're not thinking about yourself, what you're choosing, but you want a life that's going to glorify God, right? And so each of us has our own unique place in heaven and glory you know that each of us is unique. We're mm -hmm. made unique by God. We're loved by God uniquely. We glorify Him uniquely, love Him uniquely, and our glory in heaven will be unique. Right, and, and as you're saying, we should be striving for the highest. We may not make mm -hmm. it there. Uh, we don't want to be presumptive, and I think that's where sometimes people get the idea, well, you take the lower place versus mm -hmm. the higher place, you'll be moved around. But that really has to do with more of the presumptions that someone would have mm -hmm. to say that, well, I'm, I'm important, I should be <laughs> right. at the higher place. And our supreme happiness is going to be glorified by God, that he is going to be the one who recognizes us, who loves us, who cherishes us, and that will be our glory. And we're not going to be comparing ourselves with others with some kind of envy. <laughs> no, we're going to be delighting the glory of the other as if it was our, was our own, and they will delight in our glory as, a, as if it were their own. It's also interesting because Mother will talk about the fact of her belief that there are many degrees in heaven. Interesting. Stay with us. Mother Angelica, pray for the lowest place in heaven? I don't think so. We have another call. Hello? Hi. Mother Angelica? Yes. Where are you from? Abbeville, Louisiana. I'm sorry. What is your question? My question is, are there certain degrees of holiness in heaven? And if so... Can a sinner wish to go to the lowest degree of holiness because of his unworthiness and his love of God? Oh, there are as many degrees in heaven as there are people. <laughs> That's awesome, isn't it, huh? And the greatest sinner in this whole wide world could be the greatest saint in heaven, if he changes, of course. Ah. Uh, you could be as high as the seraphim. High as the seraphim. If you finally change your ways. 
if you finally gave your whole heart, mind, and soul to God. And even, let's take a nice, juicy sinner. <laughs> Whatever that is. Somebody who has done everything possible suddenly finds Jesus and suddenly knows what a terrible life they've lived and say they got five minutes to live. You got that picture? Yeah? You got it? I don't know if you have it or not. I hope you do. You got five more minutes to live and suddenly you realize from the depth of your being what a sad state you're in. And you're sorry. Not because of any punishment. Not because you might have to go to purgatory. But the only reason you're sorry is because you offended such a great God. You could have the highest place in heaven. And you said, you, is it all right for you to pray, to pray for the lowest place? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you can give God honor and glory forever because of his mercy if you get one of the highest places. The thing is to give God honor and glory, not yourself. Do you realize what Judas might have done for God, had he repented and turned around and became a great saint. Did you ever think of that? When Judas committed suicide, he did God, not only himself, but God, a grave injustice because he refused to repent. For all eternity, we would have said, how great is our God who forgave a betrayer. But he took that away from Jesus. He took that away from God. And he said, no. He lost it. Now, Peter didn't. Peter denied his Lord, and Judas betrayed him. But Peter wept bitterly over his sin. And the world will forget the seizure that was in power when Peter walked through that arch in Rome. But no one in heaven or hell will ever forget Peter. You see the difference? So if you feel you have not given the Lord your all, that's fine. Mary Magdalene didn't. Some of our great mystics didn't. No one did everything they should, and no one arrived at that degree of holiness, death total, total, except our lady, the obedient one, the obedient woman, 
obedient daughter of God, obedient mother of the eternal word, and obedient spouse of the Holy Spirit. She's the only one. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Keck on EWTN Radio. And we are back with part two of the program, Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Keck here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain, of course. This question came in, a phone call, is God punishing me? It's a common question that people have. They go through a lot of different trials, as this person did, and they say, well, what did I do wrong? Am I not praying enough? Am I not doing enough? And the answer to that, of course, is no. I mean, sin, it does have consequences. If we choose to sin, there is a certain suffering that we go through. But what she's describing here, this person's describing, is not this. And the, the reason, how we can defend that truth is Jesus himself right. was innocent, and he suffered and died on the cross. Right. It's actually a pretty tough thing that happened, uh, an accident that was in mm-hmm. front of this person yeah. and saw, I believe, their mother die in a tragic yeah. accident. And so it had to be horrifying. And, and you know, mother's obviously talking about the fact that uh, you, you may ne- in, in some ways never get over the grief, but don't forget, ultimately, God still loves you, and he's there for you. Yes, and I love Frances Thompson. You know, she has that quote that I took this from thee, not for thy harm, but that you would seek it in my arms. So in the Lord, we're going to find our loved ones, that they rest in his heart. And it's also uh, on the lighter side, believe it or not, in the early part of the, it's kind of an interesting, pro- because Mother starts off light and then the, the call mm-hmm. gets pretty tough. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know how much she uh, liked Italian delis, but apparently she <laughs> likes Italian delis. Well, Philly is well known for those, right? And also Jewish delis too, right? Absolutely. Right after New York, they're number one. Uh, so let's see what Mother has to say about, is God punishing me? Well, we have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Where are you from? From Philadelphia. Oh, and that's I w- one of my favorite places. Is South Philadelphia still there? Yes, yeah, South Philly's still here. <laughs> <laughs> are all those Italian delis still there? Yeah, they're still there. They're modernizing oh. it. <laughs> How can you modernize salami? I don't know. They're doing. They're fixing it up. <laughs> and I always watch your. Sh- okay, I'm sorry. I always watch your show, and yeah. I love your show. Mm-hmm. And I think you're great. And the thing is, on November the 16th of 95, I lost my mother in a tragical death. She was crushed and mangled by the septa bus. Uh. And uh, she was cut in half, and I saw mm. all her insides on the street. And I'm, I can't cope with it. I don't go uh. out. I isolate myself. And uh, what I do is, is I'm very depressed, and everything... I love God took away from me, my father, my grandmother, my sister, my mother. I don't have nobody. Is, is he punishing me for something I do wrong? No, sweetheart, no, no, no. Don't think that way. There's a poem written by, uh, I can't think of his name now. But it goes something, I remember a sentence. Uh, Francis Thompson. Francis Thompson wrote it. Uh, he was a drug addict. And the poem says, What I took from thee, I took 
not for thy harm, but only that you would seek it in my arms. There is no way that you can get over this grief when you've lost everybody you love, but you have not lost God. God loves you. Don't hide. Don't hide. We're all going to that place. One day you will go there and you will see them all face to face and and you will see him face to face. And you'll know all the answers, all the whys. You know, we all say why this and why that. We have to trust the Lord's so react. Don't, don't despair. We're going to say a prayer for you, okay? Lord Jesus, let thy hand rest upon this woman. Let thy hand rest upon her head. Let thy hand, Lord, touch her heart. Let thy hand, Lord, reach into her heart and let her know this very night that she is so loved, greatly, greatly loved by thee. And that terrible, terrible accident of her mother is, is something no one can understand in this life, Lord. We only trust you, Lord. We must trust. Only in the next life will we understand. Will we know why? But then, Lord, after having seen thy kingdom and the glory that these terrible accidents have gotten for these people, then we will know why. We will see them in heaven more glorious than we could ever imagine because of the injustice done to them by people that drive too fast or don't watch where they're going or are drunk or whatever. It's all in your kingdom, Lord to give this woman peace. Only thy hand can give peace. We'll rest it upon her and give her that peace. Amen. And closing out our program uh, for this week, we have a question about have faith and trust. That's probably a typical question a lot of people have. And it's a common reason for abortion, right, is that there's a lack of that. There's giving in to fear. Well, what will the future hold? How will I provide for this child? And so the answer to that is trust. You know, believe in God's providence, that if he's brought this child into existence, he loves that child. We are to cherish that child, to welcome that child, and he will provide for it. Right, and I think Mother also points out that, you know, the reality is we have certain obligations in our life. Uh, and all of us may have different ones as we mm -hmm. have different crosses, and each of us is called to that. And I think with this person's personal experience, they obviously realize retrospectively that they maybe made some of the wrong decisions at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of employees here that have large families, and that takes a lot of trust when you're going to be open to life and you're going to welcome children. But you know what? God does provide. And that's what we see over and over again, that these families are full of life and they're trusting in God's providence and they're praying together and God really does provide if we trust in him. Let's see what Mother Angelica has to say specifically about having faith and trust in the Lord. We have a call. Hello? Yes, um, I was listening to your program. Can you and, speak a little louder, please? Oh, I'm sorry. I was listening to your program on abortion, and I would just like to share with you and, and with the audience 
that for any young women out there that are contemplating such a horrible, horrible thing, um, to really give some second thought to it. And I do speak from personal experience. Um, 25 years ago when I thought that, you know, there was some tragedy going on in my life, and I really did not believe I was going to be able to care for the child. I was convinced that this is what I should do. And I can honestly tell you that there has not been a year that's gone by since that time that I have not thought of that child. And if anyone feels that they're that devastated of what's going on in their personal life, if they would just step outside of what is going on in their immediate life as far as worldly issues and put their faith and trust in God and pray to Him, He, he will guide them. He will direct them. And when we least expect it, and I do speak from personal experience, yes. by us having faith in Him, He will send us that, that guidance and that help. But we have to step outside of what's going on in the world today. Right. We really do. I think we have to understand that if we trust in the Lord. You know, I read a, a, a survey about the food supply, and they said it's much greater now than it was, I think, the 18th century. Some, uh, somebody was, was very upset over population explosion way back there. And, and the food has, has oh, multiplied. It's a, it's a power struggle. This one call, this one uh, uh, talk I listened to, I just listened to a minute, I couldn't take it anymore. She said, uh, when women get power, we will control population. <laughs> well, sweetheart, so far you've made a mess out of the whole world. <laughs> and if anybody would have told me any of this would have happened 20 years ago, I said they're nuts. We have obligations in our life. The church provides for those. But we have to trust in the Lord. I think I told you the time I went by train. I think it was from Chicago to Wisconsin. And, and, and we rode miles very fast. And I saw nothing but wheat. Wheat. Miles of wheat. We could feed the world from this country. So I, I'm, I think you're right. Trust in God is what's like. But if we don't believe in God, we don't trust in God. We only believe in ourselves today. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.